Good morning. What's up, everybody? Hello. Welcome to the Photographic Collective Podcast. My name is Miles Whitboyer, and you guys have found yourself uh, at home for the next maybe, let's call it 30 minutes, something like that, where we're going to just chat just one-on-one, okay? It's just going to be us today, me and you. So I guess it's easy enough for me to say that whether you're writing in your car or you're sitting at your office uh, or you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, uh, you are my guest today. This one's going to be interactive. I'm going to ask you to actually like do things today. Let's call it a mini workshop, but more than that, let's uh, let's get deep and uh, and let's kind of chat through uh, vanity metrics. You guys want to go there? I think like I just dropped that bomb, and everybody, if you if you didn't unclick or like unsubscribe, then that means that you actually are paying attention to the things in the world that matter. So, hey, welcome to. Welcome to a podcast all about that depth, like talking through the stuff that actually that actually matters. It's sort of wonderful. So here's what we're going to do. First things first, let me define some of this for us, uh, because I wanted to do a solo episode uh, anyway, and I reached out to friends in the PhotoCo uh, Facebook group, which, by the way, solid plug here. If you're not already a member of the Photographic Collective, now is the time to join because uh, for the time being, it's still free to do that. Uh, it, it will always be free, but we, we've we got uh, low-key, guys, top secret here. We've got some fun um, subscriber opportunities coming up in the, in the near future. But for the time being, everything, literally all the training, all the communication, all of the community elements are totally free. And, uh, and so we would love to see you join over there. So, But I reached out to, uh, to the group and said, hey, guys, I'm going to go solo this week. No big guests. I feel like we all need to take a little bit of a breather from having like banger after banger after banger guest over the last several weeks and just be bored and listen to me speak for a few minutes, right? But like what topics, what, what do you think we should dig into? And I, I got some actually really great responses. I got some really interesting things back, but one, one in particular came in that I thought was really valuable because it is so practical. And it's this, this idea of, understanding your own analytics better. Like, how is it that you are managing your your company, your business as a creative entrepreneur, whether you are a photographer or a uh, a filmmaker, or we even have a lot of designers now that listen uh, in on this podcast. How is it that you're managing your time and adding value to that time, creating a customer service uh, and customer experience that is growing and evolving into a more valuable one and how can you better analyze the metrics that matter? And so we're going to start by simply uh, saying out loud, the quiet part out loud, which is a lot of metrics, a lot of insights do not matter. And let's talk about what those are really quick, okay? Because uh, if you were to ask, um, let's call it a small business owner maybe 10 years ago, what analytics were, I think most of them would have looked at you with like a weird uh, kind of a blank stare. I'm like, I'm not, I don't really know how to answer that. These days, we all know what analytics are, right? It's how popular you are. It's how many fans are in the stands. It's how many people are smashing your face or subscribing or dropping five-star reviews or insert silly Gen Z cliche here. But you guys, are those metrics actually adding to your success? And that's the challenge for today. Okay, think through that with me. As we dive into uh, this this conversation about metrics and analytics, first things first, let's not get marketed to, 
Okay, let's talk about metrics in a, in a perspective of like a larger business thing and not what Instagram or Facebook wants to shove down our throat. I'm going to I'm going to just say the statement first. How many followers you have on Instagram is not a fair representation of whether or not you are doing something well in your business. I know for for a lot of like the millennials that have been we've we've lived and I say we because I'm one of y'all. We've lived in social media world our entire lives and popularity is like the sign of success, right? Well, no, not really. Not anymore. In fact, actually, I, I posted this question the other day in the photo code group and I got some interesting interactions. Would it not be better? Would it not be a, a better way to live and a more successful lifestyle just in general to have one person hire you and spend a lot of valuable money on a product that they believe in and a service that they're willing to trust and enjoy every bit of that and it just be this one-on-one situation? Would that not be better than having a million fans that never invest in you? Now, I realized that just by asking that question, I opened up a can of worms, right? Because it's like, well, you can't survive on one client forever. And that's true. We need more than that. But most of us are not utilizing social media for effective marketing practices. Most of us are just doing it because it makes us feel good when people double tap our face. So let's get rid of the vanity metrics. Let's just assume for a second that how many followers you have, how many likes you have on a post or on an image or a video or a reel, whatever it is, that, that those things are not fair representations of how talented you are. And the reason for that is simply the, that everything that you share, all of these vanity metrics, whether they're via uh, Instagram or Meta in general or on YouTube or wherever, anything that you share is subject to that evil algorithm, right? Like we've all heard that word. We, we don't really know what that means It's this like figurative kind of malicious monster that lives in a computer somewhere. And all his job is, is to hate you as a photographer. I honestly kind of think that that might actually be true. But the the, the valid, the, the thing that we know for sure is that regardless of whether that monster is out to get you or not, his whole job is to comb through billions and billions of posts and decide which ones are worth seeing. And... For some reason, often, that means that even your best work doesn't get seen. So let's alleviate the stress for just a second and let's agree, okay? Everybody, let's let's all just like, like thumbs up in the air in your car only with one hand, please. Let's all agree to the fact that a lot of the analytics that we use to feel good about ourselves aren't actually a great perspective on whether or not our businesses are doing well. Hey, while I was prepping for uh, this, this podcast, I was chatting with Jared, as I always do, about 45 times a day, and we were talking through some stories, and he was like, you know what, Miles, you need to tell a story of a time that you used metrics wrong, okay? So here's that story. When I first started my company, this we're talking back like 2009, 2010, I first started my business. It was right in the heyday of Facebook, and I remember clearly having this like unspoken policy that I would not stop posting or sharing or interacting on Facebook every single day until I had at least 100 engagements. So whether that was like likes or comments or like, I remember when they added the share button, but whatever it was, I needed 100. 
And I can remember the first few times that I posted an image that actually got a hundred likes and me sitting back in my chair and being like, oh my gosh, I've made it. Do you want to know, you want to think through for a second how much money I made for how much time I was spending just trying to get people to see and like and like approve of my work on Facebook? How much time was I spending versus how little money I made in those hours and hours and hours? And so fast forward here uh, about 12 years or 15 years, something like that. And I have this fresh perspective over the course of a decade of doing business. I get to I get to say, finally, I'm old and I get to say I have this fresh perspective about how to actually succeed in this industry and whether or not those metrics matter. So now, sidebar here, I do actually have a, quite a bit of Instagram followers, and none of them see my work anymore because that monster doesn't like me, okay? So that's that's not a fair way to go about life anymore. I can't now go back to that concept from 2010 and say, I'm going to keep posting until 100 people see my work because even if 100 people saw my work or 1,000 people saw my work or a million people saw my work, I have no way of controlling whether or not they're the right people and whether or not those people are shopping and whether or not those people that are shopping are the demographic that I want to work with and whether or not those people that are shopping that might be the demographic that I want to work with can afford me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You guys see how that funnel goes, right? So let's talk about the metrics that do matter. First things first, your P&L matters. If you don't know what a P&L is, Google it right now. Pause the show. Google PL. It's just your profit loss sheet, okay? This is like basic business 101. That matters. Whether or not you are making more money than you're spending, talk about a metric that matters, y'all. Are you succeeding? Now, don't get me wrong. One of the most successful things that you can actually do for short periods of time in your business is to operate at a loss. And the reason for that is because you're reinvesting every penny that comes into your wedding or into your wedding. Can you see what's on my mind right now? You're reinvesting every penny that comes into your business back into your business. That's a really bold and brave and courageous, but also very success minded way of running your company. So go for that. But you can't do it for long. Eventually, you know what? Your kids want to eat and that mortgage is due and the car payment is due And you know what? Lululemon's got some really cute stuff right now and you might need to get a a new pair of pants. So like expect the profit has to happen. So talk about a metric that matters. You need to understand your financials. Hey, in in the new superhuman workshop that we are prepping to release right now, we have a whole section. This is like a shameless plug right now, but we have a whole section on getting your finances in order. I'm gonna talk about that here in a few minutes. Uh, Second metric that matters, your happiness. Did you know you can quantify that? You really can. Here's how. Every day, wake up, grab your coffee, sit for a hot second, and then just grab a notebook and write a number between one and 10. How happy are you today? Now, that's going to seem super arbitrary for the first like 30 days that you do it, but about 30 or 45 or maybe 60 days into it, you're going to be able to look back and you actually have a trend. Are you trending towards more happy? Are you all over the board? Does it seem like some days you're waking up and you're feeling very happy and some days you're waking up and you're feeling very stressed? You know what? If you want to add to that, maybe make a little note next to it that says, here's what happened yesterday that affected my joy today. Or here's what I have to do today that feels like it's already affecting me. 
That's a metric you can track. Your happiness is a quantifiable metric that you actually can track over time. And you know what? If you want to be more happy, all you need is the data. You just need to understand. Listen, yesterday I I was stressed out. I ate a late dinner. I had three glasses of wine. I didn't sleep well. And today I don't feel happy. That's not a surprise. Right? It's not a surprise. The way that we live affects our happiness. So there's a metric that matters. Your third metric that matters is your time. Did you know that you can audit your time? Actually, very simply. Again, uh, Apple has tried to make this relatively easy for you, but they only do screen time. So assume for a second that there are at least a few moments throughout the day that you're not on your phone. I hope there are. Did you know that you can journal that? You can journal your time. You can keep track. It doesn't need to be down to the minute. This doesn't have to be like this, like crazy, overarching, uh, like process. You can just draft out throughout the course of a day. Hey, I actually got an hour walk in or run in today. Or listen, I, uh, I took a 30 minute lunch break or I had dinner with my kids or I spent 27 hours of the 24 hour day yesterday editing. You can take those notes. And you can audit that time. And over time, you actually have data that can affect metrics in your life that matter. If you would like to have more time with your kids, well, now you can see where you might be wasting time or where you can borrow some of that time. You have as much time as everybody else listening. Have you ever thought about that? You listener, I told you this is a one-on-one. You're, you're in the hot seat today. You have the same amount of time that everybody else has. And now, don't get me wrong, I get it. I'm a business coach, y'all. I talk to people all day, every day, about their reasons for not having time. And so if you're a single mom, y'all, ladies, I get it. I hear you. If you're a business owner with a second job, I hear you. If this is a side hustle and you have three other jobs, I hear you. But listen to me. You have the same amount of time. Your day is filled with the same number of seconds as everybody else listening. So if you want a metric that matters, audit that time. Better understand how you're utilizing it because I promise you, even if it's just in the transition from job to job to family, somewhere in there, there is time that is being wasted. And if you will just recapture that time and utilize it in healthier and more positive ways, you're gonna be blown away by how much more successful your business can become. Okay. Did you know that your perspective on your work is a metric? You can create data on that. You can look at your work over the course of six months or a year and say, I am trending towards work that I am more proud of. I feel as though my work is becoming a better representation of my creative outlet. I love where I'm headed. Or I've been stressed out lately and I'm working with clients that I don't feel like see me. Or... Uh, I feel like maybe this is a true story for me. I feel like maybe I have overpriced my key market. I had to do that a few years ago. I actually had to go backwards in price a few years ago, just a little bit. We talked about that on the uh, the interview with Fair a couple of weeks ago, how, how courageous and bold and also stupid it feels sometimes to charge less on purpose. But if it creates freedom in your work, well, then what a remarkable step. Your client feedback can be a metric that matters. Your vendor uh, uh, friendships and relationships and the other just colleagues in your business and in your space 
those relationships, those networks can be a, a, a relationship, a metric that matters. And then, of course, everybody knows the term SEO and Google rankings. And y'all, we're going to get there today. We're actually going to dive deep into that just a little bit. And I'm going to create, I'm going to offer a little bit of advice here, but that's going to be the last of the five pieces of advice that we jump into. So I just, uh, I just spilled the beans. I've got five tips for you. If you have listened to very many of these solo episodes, you know a few things for sure. Number one, I always want these to be relatively short, probably because I feel super awkward sitting in my office, speaking to a microphone when I have a million other things to do. But number two, I also want these to be really digestible. I want you to walk away from this episode, maybe not quite as inspired as you were when we talked to Mike Dooley from the Dooley Group, who talked to us about what it feels like to see billions with a B, billions of dollars rolling through your bank account. Or maybe not quite as inspired as when we talked about how to tell story with Jonas Peterson. The inspiration level here, I get it. It's going to be a little lower, but let's, let's do something that's actionable this week. Okay, let's take steps to actually affect and change our businesses and our relationships and our connections, and then let those changes permeate deep into our community. And guys, if you don't have a community yet, how many times do I have to plug that the PhotoCo group is just waiting for you? Photographic-collective.com is the only place that you need to go right now. Head over there. It is free to join. It's just going to dump you into a Facebook group filled with about 600 positive wedding photographers from five continents, You guys, we are killing it over there, and it is fun. It's good stuff going on. So join us over there if you don't have a community yet. All right, here we go. Five ways that you can better affect, you can better analyze, you can better understand the metrics that matter in your business. Y'all, full disclaimer here, just hear me out on this, okay? I have learned every single one of these things the hard way. 15 years of me banging my head against the wall saying I'm going to be the most popular Instagram influencer wedding photographer ever, right? I'm going to battle through, maybe someday I'll release my own presets and the world will, will applaud. You know, I've learned these things the hard way. Vanity metrics are a vacuum. Let me say that slower. Vanity metrics are a vacuum. They're the place where talented, creative, beautiful, inspired artists go and they get stuck and they never come out the other side. And so maybe before we jump into these five tips, you need to take some time away from those metrics. Maybe you need to step away from social media altogether. Maybe you need to give yourself some perspective on what a healthy and successful marketing career and marketing uh, plan looks like for your business. Y'all, I would love to help you with that. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at Boyer anytime. I would love to send you over the, uh, the Varsity Protocol, which is simply a marketing release for kind of putting yourself back into the wild and, and drumming up new network. That's totally free. Just hit me up and I'll send that over to you. But maybe what you need is just a reprieve. It's just a fresh breath of silent air. Just a long walk without headphones in your ear, without this podcast or any other podcast to just breathe the air and say, you know what? Maybe I care too much about what a bunch of strangers think about my work and not enough about how my clients are experiencing it. So here's five tips 
that'll help you realign the analytics in your business that actually matter. Number one, first things first, you have to get perspective on your finances. Again, I'm, I'm going to plug that superhuman workshop. We are prepping to release it right now. We've recorded almost all of the chapters. Uh, the intro is done. The packaging is done. It is beautiful. Y'all, I'm the hold up right now because as we're going to talk about in the next section, I am learning to utilize my time in more successful ways. And so I haven't had as much of it lately, but if you can get perspective on your finances, if you can grab your bank statements and just wrap your mind around how much money you're making, how much money you're spending, and how much money you need to operate successfully, I'm going to give you a little tip here. The superhuman rule from the workshop says, I want you to operate at 140%. So that means you need to get to 100% of the money that you need to to, uh, survive, for your business to, to be active, for you to hit your profit margin, for you to be paid, and then add 40% to it. Now, shameless plug here, you're going to have to get the the superhuman workshop in order to know what to do with that 40%. But suffice it to say, if you operate at 140% of what your business needs, you will never, ever, ever struggle financially. You're going to have savings. You're going to have investments. You even have 5% kicked away so that you can give money back to other people every year. How special is that to be able to invest back in other creatives or other entrepreneur opportunities or, I don't know, like a church group, whatever it is, hurricane relief fund, to have money in your business allocated to helping people is a special thing. If you can just get perspective on your finances, you're going to have right out the bat, you're going to have the, all the data that you need, all the analytics that you need to know whether or not you're on the right track. Number two, you are going to have to go through a full audit of your time. I know I just plugged this a second ago, but I'm going to explain something really quickly. Most creatives will spend their career in one of two camps. Either they're going to spend their career complaining that they don't have enough work. There isn't enough coming in. They're struggling. They're nervous. They're anxious. And the result of not having enough work is feeling stressed out, feeling uninspired, and feeling angsty. Okay, there is this scarcity mindset that says, I don't have enough coming in and I'm nervous, right? In the other hand, the other camp will be the same artists at some point during their career will say, I have far too much to do. I can't handle it. I've overbooked, I have overconsumed, I've overcommitted, and I'm freaking out. There's no way I can fulfill it. And you know what the consequences of being overbooked are? They're gonna sound kind of familiar. They're insecure, uninspired, and a little bit angsty. The reality is that we are pretty simple people as creatives. And if we don't find equilibrium, if we don't audit our time and understand how to best balance our time, whether we swing towards not having enough work or we swing towards having far too much work, the results are likely the same. We're feeling insecure, we're feeling uninspired, and we're a little bit angsty. So let's get on balance. In order to do that, you need to audit your time. You need to understand where it is that you're best spending your time. How much sleep did you get last night? If you have a pen and paper, like I, like I mentioned early on, and you're actually taking some notes here, think through that. Just, it, just write that number down. How much sleep did you get? Was it enough? Are you oversleeping? I know some people that, that literally will look at me as, as grown adults and say, oh, if I don't get 10 hours of sleep at night, I just can barely function. False. Something is wrong. 
Something is wrong. But if you are operating on four to five hours of sleep, night after night, week after week, something is wrong. You know, unless you're you're rocking with a newborn, guys. I've been there. I, oof. Jared, you're gonna hear this. Bless you, buddy. It's coming your way this next week. Like, if you are surviving as a business owner without tiny children, tiny humans that need you in the middle of the night, and you're only operating at four to five hours of sleep a night, you're not rested enough, and you can't thrive. You can't take healthy risks unless you rest. It's not possible. Okay, so so we need to understand your time. We also need to understand how much time you're spending with your family. Also, underutilized time here, how much time are you spending by yourself? When was the last time that you gave yourself permission to just go like grab a cup of coffee and sit and enjoy it? Like how is how is your health? How is your 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 physical health, mental health, spiritual health? How much time are you investing back in yourself? And then And you'll notice the order that I put these things in. And then how much time are you spending working? If the only thing that you do all day long is wake up, roll out of bed and get into work until you are so exhausted that you peel back into bed, it's not a healthy use of your time. So we need to audit that time. Number three, we need to create a customer survey. Now, that sounds daunting. Everybody's going to roll their eyes. You guys are all thinking like the telemarketer that says, just hold on to the the back end of this call for a 45-minute survey. Y'all... That's not what I'm talking about. We need to create a customer survey of one question. There's only one question that matters, y'all. There's literally one question. All of these other things that are like, would you have paid more for this? Or did you appreciate my creative approach? Or are you chocolate or vanilla? None of that stuff matters, you guys. It doesn't matter. There is one question that matters. The one question that matters, what could I do better? The reason that most of us bury that question down into our customer surveys, even if we have customer surveys, is because we're scared to death of the answer and we don't want to read it. Show of hands, if that is you, guys, it's me 100%. I don't want people to tell me what I could do better. I want people to fill me with vanity metrics, to fill my cup up and say, Miles, you were perfect. We wouldn't change a thing. Every photo is exactly as it should have been. But the reality is that the clients that you want, the opportunities to shoot and create that you want are operating on the other side of that question. What could I do better? It takes a little bit of humble pie. It takes munching, sitting down on that um, that humble pie to read those answers and not get defensive. But I'm going to challenge you with that. Ask that question. And when people write back and say, well, it was a little hard to get a hold of you sometimes. Okay. You better fix that. Or, you know, we were hoping actually for a little bit more than we got out of our work. Well, you better fix that. Or, you know what? Everything was really great uh, leading up to the event that you shot. But on the back end, it was hard to reach you. Well, you better fix that. What could I do better? That's the only question that matters. Ask that question to every single client. Now, you can choose to disregard some, some answers from some clients that you know were, were kind of like odd situations. But the truth of the matter is, if you look at every single negative situation as a unicorn, you're the one that's flawed. If every time you're working with clients, you're getting the same feedback over and over and over again, that your clients are having a hard time reaching you, it's your fault. It's not theirs, guys. Okay, number four, you've got to look at your network. Analytically, look, look at your network. Is it growing or is it shrinking? 
I've watched a few friends lately that have like branched off into their own businesses and and started like these massive creative entrepreneurial dreams. And I've watched how their networks grow rapidly. And it is a beautiful thing and also a, a, a reminiscent thing. It's almost nostalgic for me to think back to that time in my career where I was uh, out there just shaking every hand I could, right? Just getting to know every single person I could. Y'all, early on in my business, I built most of my network by simply getting to know service industry professionals. It was like every salon in the area. I knew all the hairstylists. I, I, the, the wedding dress, um, boutiques, I would just take them. I did not have money for this, but I would just go like buy vanilla lattes at Starbucks and show up with them just so I had the opportunity to get to know these people. You know what I wanted on the back end of that? Absolutely nothing. This wasn't a transactional relationship. I wasn't in there saying like, Hey, will you hand my business card to the next 12 brides for a vanilla latte? That's not a fair transaction. I was just trying to grow my network. Now, you've got to look that as you as you analyze where you're at in your business, you've got to look, is your network growing or is it shrinking? If it's expanding, hopefully it is expanding. Who is it expanding by? Just your clients? Or are your vendor relationships expanding? Do you have a friend at your bank? Do you have favorite baristas at the coffee shop? When you stop in to do something, pick up something random at the grocery store, do the cashiers recognize you? You know how powerful it is, how special it is? I don't care whether you live right in the middle of Manhattan. If you're in a city of 9 million people or you are in a tiny town in the middle of Kansas, regardless, do you know how special it is to live in a world where people are actually happy that you're there? But you have to make the first steps for that to happen. You have to see other people for your networks to grow. So if they, assuming that your network is growing, let's be more intentional about that. Talk about a way that you can create analytics in your business that actually matter. Start building that contact list and then follow up with it. I've mentioned this on podcasts before. But there was this brilliant idea, very simple, you guys, but brilliant idea that was given to me by my friend Brandon Buccheri. By by the way, shameless plug, if you guys haven't already clicked over and started listening to our sister podcast, to this podcast that's called Cutting on Action, with it's hosted by Brandon Buccheri, absolute brilliance going on over there. And he's speaking to primarily uh, filmmakers. But y'all, there is so much to be gained. He is, he's one of my closest friends um, and you know what? We worked together for six or seven years, just an absolute gem of a human, but also he's brilliant. And he taught me years ago, this very simple practice. Every single day, you're just going to select six people or eight people, maybe three people. Maybe you start at three, but you're just going to scroll through your phone randomly, completely randomly. You can't overthink this and stop on somebody that you just haven't spoken to in a little while. And drop that person a quick text message that just says, hey, Natasha, it's been five years, seven years since your wedding. And I haven't heard from you guys in four of them. I hope you're doing well. You just popped into my head. Let's talk soon. You're just going to do that for three or five people. You guys, that entire practice, it takes literally less than 10 minutes. But when you do it every day, think about it like this. Say you found five people and you did it five days a week. That's 25 relationships that you have active conversations going on with 
that you otherwise would not have communicated with that week. That's exponential growth in your network. And you're utilizing existing relationships, just refreshing existing relationships. Now you couple that with being a little extra nice to the barista and holding the door for the sweet mom at the coffee shop and just giving people the opportunity to ask who you are and why you're so kind, your network is going to explode. Keep the data on that. Find out where these people are coming from and how to better serve them. That's got to be the key, right? We talk about this all the time. This isn't transactional relationship podcast. This is about learning to serve. The more you serve, the more valuable you are to the people in your community, the more you offer. And yes, as a byproduct of what you offer, your value goes up and you will be able to charge more and you will be more widely sought after, et cetera, et cetera. But that success is a byproduct of just serving well. So get out there and serve that network. Okay, number five, the SEO audit. Are you ready for this? This is going to go right over a lot of y'all's heads. But before you plug out, I'm going to give you a solution here, okay? If you are just acting as though you're so, you're so uh, sorry, not social media, that's exactly not what we're talking about. If you're just acting as though your search engine placement isn't important, it's time to wake up. In fact, actually, as social media Um, networks constrict and contract and start to kind of hemorrhage, that that search engine is going to become more and more valuable. I've seen a lot of articles lately about this resurgent of blogging. Thank God I never stopped. But for years now, people have laughed at me. They've gone, what do you mean you blog? What is a blog? Well, a blog is just a journal. It's just a way to tell stories longer. But it also is an incredible way to bolster your search engine optimization. So if you don't know how you place on Google or on Yahoo or whatever, whatever your search engine of choice is, obviously it's Google. If you don't know how you place, here's the way it works. Your main website will have a placement on a specific page for every single keyword that people search that is relevant to you whatsoever. So let's use me as an example. If you search for Northwest Arkansas, because that's where I live, Northwest Arkansas wedding photographer, eventually in there, it may be in the top 25 pages. Y'all, there's a lot of wedding photographers here, but somewhere in there, my website will show up, right? So the goal here then is for you to show up higher and higher and higher. Now, everybody gets those phone calls like 26 times a day for people that are offering to help you rank on the first page. Don't take those calls. Instead, Think more analytically about other keywords that you can capture and then ways that you can work into those keywords that can help you to rank. So what is it that people are likely to search for? So like I just mentioned, in my area, they may be very likely to search for Northwest Arkansas photographer. Okay, fair enough. That's a pretty competitive one. You know what they may not be as likely to search for? Luxury weddings at Crystal Bridges Museum. Well, now there's a great one because I have shot a lot of luxury weddings at Crystal Bridges Museum. So I can start to work, I can start to build content, i.e. a blog or an entire page on my website that is all about luxury weddings at Crystal Bridges Museum and is filled with keywords and relevant opportunities for people to find other links for more information, all about that. And I can start to use that page as a way to rank higher and higher. If this is going over your head, don't worry. 
I've got a solution for you and it's a beautiful solution for you. Actually, there's three solutions we're going to give you. The first things first, I would suggest that you use the code MILES, M-I-L-E-S, just the code MILES, over with our friends at Narrative, and you download the program Publish. If you don't know what Publish is, Publish is this incredibly intuitive software that works side-by-side with your photos and your blog or your website platform to help you create better looking and more effective blog posts. So it basically allows you to build a grid of images uh, that are all keyworded and already all prepped to be search engine optimized, okay? And then you just copy the code and place it into your own website. It's very intuitive, it's very easy. If I can do it, I promise you, you guys can do it. This is something that I know absolutely nothing about. Again, anything over at the narrative website though, that is narrative publish or narrative select, just use the code miles and you'll get a discount, okay? Trust me with it. Even if you go over and you just download a free um, trial of this thing for a few days, you're going to fall in love with it. Publish is an incredible way to simply and easily increase your uh, optimization of your website. Now, I I mentioned I was going to do three things, though. That's just number one. That's the easy one. The second one is to actually invest a little bit and, and, and hire somebody that can actually either train you or help you with an SEO audit. So I've done this a couple of ways in my own business. Uh, you know what I love, though, is that the second way that I'm going to suggest that you do this is by jumping over into the PhotoCo group, a plug again, just get your butt in there. Come on, we're waiting. It's uh, The party is already, the music is already playing in there. There is a good friend of mine. He's been a guest on this podcast, and he's just a great dude with a big heart that right now is giving away far too much information for cheap. His name is Derek Kautz. Derek is a brilliant mind and has spent years and years and years better analyzing his own SEO process. And he basically just trains all of us for free over there. So I can't promise that that's going to last that way forever. In fact, Derek and I are already talking about releasing an SEO or a metrics workshop, which is one of the things that led into this solo episode. But y'all click over in there, add Derek Couch as a friend, start asking him questions He's going to fill you up with great information. The last thing, though, would be to work with um, a company, maybe like Fuel Your Photos. If you don't know Dylan Howell, again, Dylan was a guest on this podcast. So you can click back. I think he was season one. Click back in and listen to, uh, to that episode. Dylan is just a great dude. He's a really kind guy, but also he's brilliant, And Fuel Your Photos is this really cool company that is built all around helping to optimize wedding photographers' websites. Now, listen, if you've made it all the way into this, almost 40 minutes in, and you don't have a fire lit underneath you about how important it is that you get to work, but that you work more effectively and more efficiently, you guys, we're not talking about being busy. Being busy is not being productive. We're talking about getting out there and spending intentional time making productive moves so that when we clock out in the evenings, we can be better family members, better spouses, better friends. We've got to to look at our lives holistically and say, if anything is failing, likely everything is failing. Let's get all the balls back into the air. I know it's a juggle. Y'all, I'm here for you. I'm so grateful for your time today. This has been a quick, I say quick, it really wasn't that short, But it's been a high energy, all of the coffee fueling 
a conversation with just me today about how to avoid the, the threat and the trap of comparison and imposter syndrome and vanity metrics and to get down to the nitty gritty of what you can do today, right now. All five of those things can happen starting right this second to build a, traje- a trajectory. I can't even talk today. It, to build a, a, a roadmap for yourself towards more success. Hey, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. I'm sure with a much more brilliant guest than me. Y'all, in the meantime, do me a favor, okay? Click over. Do me a favor, please, 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 right now. I need those five-star reviews. Let's go for it. Right this second, hit me with a five-star review if you're liking this content on the Apple iTunes store or the uh, the, the Apple podcast, whatever, come on, whatever it's called. I need the review. And the reason we love the review is because every time we get one of those five-star reviews, it ranks us higher in that stupid algorithm so that more people can hear this podcast and we can affect more lives. In the meantime, also click over into the show notes for direct links into all of the things that we've talked about today. And we'll see you over in the Photographic Collective Facebook group later today.